What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 30 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what an absolutely exciting show we have for you guys today as we will be covering the first Friday of the entire summer for Saratoga. Guys, welcome in. It's been it's been an absolute... Um, if you guys watched the show last week, I had an absolutely great day at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Not so much betting-wise, but being out there for the first time and um, getting to share that with all of you. If you guys don't know, I posted live um, live paddock video and everything, every single race on Twitter at AP Roscoe K. If you decide to follow me over there, um, I post all my picks and all my selections over there, uh, especially updated for any scratches or changes that might occur, which might come in handy this weekend at Saratoga as it is predicted to be pretty wet. And um, we'll go over um, all the MTOs that are in for these turf races and stuff like that to keep you guys all informed. But that is one of the things that is needed to be talked about. But guys, we're going to not spend too much time in this. We're going to get going right now. But um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to all the people that I met over at Horseshoe Indianapolis this past weekend. Um, uh, oh, gosh, it's slipping. I had them in my head. And I'm drawing a blank. But um, oh, that's going to pain me. But anyway, um, to, whoever met, uh, to whoever I met for the show, Gabe. Uh, Mike and um, Todd those were the three that I wanted to shout out so shout out to you guys if you guys are in the chat please post a uh, a comment in the chat saying who you guys are and I would I'll gladly shout you guys out because we had a an absolute um, a monster of a time at um, uh, Horseshoe Indy this past weekend one of them wanted to give a special shout out to Charlie for giving out a 12 to 1 shot on top last time as he played it only because Charlie said that he wanted to play him at a price and he got me and Mr. C got home through the stretch of 12 to one. So big shout out to Todd for cashing that bet and big shout out obviously to Charlie for cashing that bet. But guys, if you are um, new here, you find yourself coming back on the regular and you aren't subscribed, please go down below the video player and hit that big red subscribe button. We're nearing, Oh, I think we're over almost two and a half thousand subscribers right now. It's been absolutely blowing up and guys, we, you know, we're going to put out so much more content for you guys, the Saratoga meet. So you guys aren't going to want to miss it. So hit that subscribe button, like this video, and then hit that notification bell to make sure they are missing out on any content throughout this coming summer. If you are an audio listener, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Those are the three main audio platforms that we post not only every episode of Betting and Boozing, but every single show that goes up on the HHH Racing Podcast Network goes on to these three Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Please go over there. And um, also, without further, I mean, the regular power picks are uh, still available, even though we're offering that Saratoga thing. The new, the every week power picks are still available. They'll cover mostly two separate tracks other than Saratoga this year uh, for this summer. But fifteen ninety nine a month, over almost a two and a half, or, or almost a two point six ROI in twenty twenty two. Uh, year to date, that's, I actually forgot to change that. It's gone up to almost uh, 2.45 for all of 2023, and anything over $2 is a profit. If you guys don't have it for $4 a weekend, what are you guys doing? You guys are missing out on all the got all the great uh, content that gets dished out there. That's patreon.com slash HHH Racing Podcast. And please remember to subscribe to our brand-new Saratoga-only Power Picks for all weekend, Friday through Sunday, through the entire meet at Saratoga. If you go to our website at hhhracingpodcast.com, you'll be able to see underneath the Power Picks tip sheet at the top. If for current Power Pick subscribers, you guys get a deal of $5 off. It is $14.99 for an individual weekend, $105 for the full meet. I would highly suggest getting these as you guys will get them 
before every single Friday, Saturday, and Sunday card at Saratoga. That equates to $5 a weekend for um, or $5 a, me- a day for each weekend. And if you subscribe to the full meet, $105, you guys get one free weekend. So that's $15 taken off of that. And same thing for... Um, same thing for non-power pick subscribers, non-current power pick subscribers, as we will be checking. Um, $19.99 for individual weeks. That equates to about six, six, seven with uh the full meet getting one weekend free. So, guys, highly, highly recommend that you guys go check those out. As like I said, they're going to be constant every single weekend. We're gonna be putting out the power picks content to you guys three times per weekend for Saratoga. If you guys have any uh indication to make some money this year, this year at Saratoga, I would highly highly suggested but guys um we're gonna get going here real quick we're gonna go over the race four which is the wilton stakes it is a field of five going a mile on the dirt you know for phillies three-year-olds so you know we're not gonna spend too much time on that only five horses in the field but we're main mainly be covering the last five races the late pick five races six through ten on saratoga on friday at saratoga on friday excuse me but guys i'm gonna bring in my co-hosts here and we'll get it going but from the East Coast of New Jersey, finally joining us for one show, as it seems like it's been forever, Patrick Kunsel and from Chicago, Illinois, Charlie Freeman. Boys, back together again and see Charlie changes his thing. The number one fan of me and Mr. Steve. Guys, what's going on? Not much. Exciting time. Oh, Optimus Prime. Unlucky. Oh, I'm just riding the wave of me and Mr. C, man. I, I have to ride that wave. Passed myself so happy others did too. That's why You're it's good, in the thing. Uh, yeah, good to see Patrick. Almost didn't recognize him. It's been so long. Forgot, <laughs> forgot this guy was part of the show. Good Absolutely. to see him showing up. No, and um, thanks again to Noah. I know he'll be here tonight uh, to watch, but thanks again to Noah for stepping in. It's uh, He was great for the past two weeks, but obviously to have the core back together again, it's really nice. And it just fits that the first time he comes back, he freezes and lags. But um, <laughs> guys, like I said, we're going to be covering um, – the late pick five at Saratoga, but real quick, I want to go over a few chats in the weekend. David Breesta says, good luck this weekend, booze and boys. Cheers to you, my friend, David. Thanks so much for joining the chat. Greatly appreciate it. Barry O'Brien getting geeked for the pool party this weekend at Crestwood. Absolutely, guys, if you are near the Chicago area, or if not, if you want to fly in for this weekend, um, we are holding a, um, a pool party for um, – all people, it's available to all people. It's $35. You get appetizers, a program, and all the analysis from Howard, myself, Howard, myself, and Matt Miller. Obviously, the 2021 BCBC champion. We have $1,000 that Hawthorne is giving us to bet. And any profits we make gets shared to anybody that shows up at Crestwood OTB in Chicago. So, guys, please come out this weekend if you guys are free. It is Saturday. I think we're aiming for some time around 330 uh, that to start the pool party, obviously you can get there earlier, but we're, our plan is to get started around around that three thirty mark to hit the Lake Pick Four at Saratoga. So, guys, if you are near, please come out. We would love to meet and see you guys. Uh, Steven Vanderbrook is here. Absolutely, smash that like button. Love it every week. He brings the brings the fire. So, thanks so much, Steven. And obviously, and again, the man himself, Matt Miller, shows up finally catching a show live, taking good notes. He's playing this Friday and Saturday. Matt Miller, the big man's out. Watch the pools. But uh, <laughs> David Breesta, thanks so much. Sick hat. It is actually, um, I'll get a little closer. It's actually a Disney hat. It's the Disney oh. Saratoga, uh, oh. the Disney Saratoga Resort. You have come said on, that. man. I know, but it is, it's still a sick hat, man. No, we, we, I got, we, I got we, my we, shirt we, on. Don't worry. 
They, and then, hey, I'll get a new hat. Hey, Whitney weekend, I'll get a new hat. I'll get an actual Saratoga hat. But this fits the bill, man, without no pun intended, obviously. But uh, the boss is here doing my two favorite things on a Wednesday night, happy can- handicapping Saratoga and watching betting and boozing. The boss, the boss says, the boss does. Thanks so much, Howard, for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Richard Avalar, good evening, folks. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining the show, man. And he says, Cody's wish and Cody getting ready for Whitney. I know, and all of us, but mine is Charlie, whatever he decides to show up, but um, all of us will be there for Whitney weekend. I'm so stoked to see him run again. That's actually going to be my third time seeing Cody's wish run, or second. I saw him Breeders' Cup last year. I can't remember if he raced on Belmont Stakes Day two years ago. Uh, when Jay went in 2021, I cannot remember, but in either way, it's my second or third time seeing Cody and obviously seeing a great racehorse like that never gets old, but Christine race shows up. Thanks so much, Christine, for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. Noah. Noah Maher is here. Thanks so much, Noah, for joining the show. Ralph Conti is here. And Charles B says, does wet track off the turf at Saratoga change your handicapping skills? Does not change my overalls, um, but we will touch on, the MTOs as obviously the weather, as I stated before, the weather doesn't look that good for Saratoga this weekend, but guys, without further ado, we're going to get right into it here. As I get, as I said, again, the first race we're going to talk about is race number four, the Wilton stakes. And of course, as I stated before, there had to be one mix up here as we have three people that sent picks in for this race and one person that didn't listen to the instructions. But anyway, um, race number <laughs> Puts I didn't <laughs> i had i had to i had to make i had to give you a little bit of crap for that because i even it was even in all caps in the email and you didn't even just saying really quickly really. talk about inferred to me that I i'm know. not sending a pick and i'm just telling you who i like but that's okay you know hey, i said send picks for all it's races it's a good race for it to happen though because i no, think we all yeah. are somewhere around three four or five in some order it's not like it's a big field to be creative in anywhere yeah, and like I said, it's a five-horse field. I'm going to bring it up here. The morning line favorite is the number four, a seed for Chad Brown. I thought – oh, no, excuse me, randomized. I was like I – th- I was ex- it was interesting to see that he was the favorite, but he's but she is not. Randomized is the favorite on the outside for Irad and Chad Brown. Chad has both the five and the four. Charlie, switching over the PPs here. You actually are going with neither of those horses. You are going with the number three. I'm switching over the PPs right now. Sacred Wish, give your kind of uh, initial thoughts on Sacred Wish and why you like her on top instead of the two Chads on the outside. Yeah, so I just wanted a new face, honestly. I mean, I know a seed and randomized obviously ran against much tougher, being that they were a grade one, which none of these other horses have done before. Uh, but, you know, Sacred Wish is still running two grade twos, gets Johnny V in the saddle. George Weaver has been on fire. Uh, the works say this horse is absolutely ready with a very sharp 59-3. and three. Uh, last time out, a very respectable effort as well, losing by just a length and an optional claiming uh, where the horse ran a solid effort. And, you know, that 82 figure, it's not something that's going to jump off the page, but it is something where if you compare it to a seed and randomizes last effort, it's competitive enough that the horse could make, you know, could put up a good fight. The horses, you know, put up some solid efforts and some very tough, hot paces in the past as well, you know, ran in the black eyed Susan. So it's not, I didn't run well, but it's not like the horse hasn't run in any competition. And again, I didn't want a short price one to look for a new face and take a chance. Uh, and I don't really think a seed and randomizer is unbeatable as their odds suggest. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. The only thing is um, sacred wish. She seems kind of like almost a hanger in a way where she just could not get past, had every chance to get past last time at Belmont could not get past in the Gulfstream Oaks. She ran a really nice race behind affirmative lady, but couldn't get past her. Obviously that being a lot harder than 
the last race, but um, the only race she ran was an, uh, she ran really well in was a restricted uh, main special weight at Oaklawn. So she finds she comes to this spot at like a price of seven to two, four to one against a seed uh, who I have on top racing in the acorn, obviously randomized. Neither of them did very well, but the seed was third in the eight bells. Just, just seems like a really uh, big step up in class for her. And I have a seed on top. I just think she's, it's a good trip. Um, the five is going to be straight out for the lead. The two has no choice but to go. And Sacred Wish herself is not slow. So a seed, I think, just sits right behind those two, those two, those three, or mainly two. And hopefully we'll just get to blow, uh, pass by everybody about the quarter pull. But that's kind of what I saw. Like I said, it almost seems like a two horse race on paper, just based on number figures alone. But Charlie, I do respect your opinion trying to go outside the box. Although I do think she has to improve a little bit. And the two horses on the inside, uh, the one really has to improve just numbers alone um, and definitely is taking a big step up in class. Uh, the number two just has been involved in hot paces before, and she's been able to repel that. I just think this is, again, horses that she's never really, although she did face, she did finish three quarters of length back to Punch Bowl, who's a very nice filly for Brad Cox. But I just think with the pace, um, the five to her outside, I think um, I don't know. I don't see the two staying too long. Like I said, I'm going four, five, three. So is Noah. Charlie's going three, four, five. And Patrick got a swift didn't listen. But anyway, that's my last shot at Patrick for the day. As I knew, as I know, he hasn't been here forever. And now he's just getting strays thrown at him. But um, we're going to move on, guys. We'll talk about race number six, the actual start to the late pick five. It is a very, if, if it does, if the rain somehow does hold off, and this race does get run on uh, turf. It's actually a really nice race. Um, it's a field of eight for a $149,000 allowance race, uh, going a mile and an eighth on the grass, uh, the inner grass, excuse me. And then I'm going to switch over right now is the field of eight. The morning line favorite is the number seven shutters. Another one I thought was actually interesting that this horse got put as the morning line favorite by David Aragona, but John Velasquez, Mark Hennig, and as I switch over the two, the um, as I switch over our picks right now, three of us have the number seven shutters on top. But Charlie, Mister Odd Man out, is going with Battle of Normandy, who I thought was extremely interesting in this spot. But um, I want to hear what Charlie has to say, then I'll give my two cents. Charlie, would you like about Battle of Normandy? Yeah. So my angle with Battle of Normandy was honestly, I think a lot of the other good contenders all ran against each other, and while I do. I will touch on why I'm, I personally wasn't surprised the seven was the favorite. Uh, I'll let you touch on a little more as well. Uh, but I think Shutters was is opening up the favorite simply because Shutters got a brutal trip, had was studied as it mentioned the comments the last room, really just had to keep navigating through the field. Uh, and I think honestly could have won that race with a cleaner trip. Uh, but yeah, the reason I went for Battle of Normandy, you know, has faced some tough competition, has gone off as a heavy favorite back-to-back races and just couldn't quite get there in time. Um, I think, again, the distance should be ideal for Battle of Normandy. And I just really think that, I mean, the kick has really impressed me. The problem is Battle of Normandy is running some bigger field than this in terms of the number of horses, which is tough for a closing horse because the horses had to swing so wide. You can see at both, uh, especially last time out, I had to swing five wide, just didn't really have any space at all. Had to, you know, waste a lot of energy to do that as well. Um, and just has a really good turn of foot though in closing speed once the horse truly gets in clear air and can finally show that kick. So that's what I'm kind of banking on. You know, still a competitive field, but with a little bit smaller field and also already started on the inside. 
I'm kind of just banking on Tyler being able to navigate with Battle of Normandy and just hopefully the horse doesn't end up having to work too hard and, and be too wide where the kick can't start. I do think if Battle of Normandy can get that kick going soon enough, this horse should win. I'm not going to say easily, but I do think sneakily could win convincingly. That's yeah. just my take. No, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Char- and Patrick, you don't even have uh, him anywhere on your ticket. Uh, on your top three but this i howard just uh just said something as well in the chat that i was about to say this just seems almost like the definition of a money burner in my opinion right is this horse was four to five the last two times out just sat way in the back with irad and just really could not get uh, obviously got him going enough to get him second but just could never get past and Howard and the uh, says caution with battle of Normandy. I've bet him many times a money burner who hangs. I'm not a fan. He's nowhere in my picks, but I understand why he looks tempting. And I don't disagree with you, Howard, by any means. I have him in third just because I think he's going to run his normal race. I just, I, and also he looks slow on speed figures on the next two horses. We're going to talk about realistically it just looks slow. Patrick. I mean, like you said, you have no, you have him nowhere. Yeah, no, I, I just, you know, he was bought for 500000 one on debut at Saratoga. You know, everybody was probably out and, you know, talking about Battle of Normandy and what could be. And the horse just really has not run anything to what it ran on debut. And I just don't see anything that would, you know, incline me to bet this horse in this race with others that could come from off the pace or can be on or near the pace, for that matter, and that are just better at this moment in time. Yeah. I mean, like I said, she's going to. She, damn it, I did it again. He is going to sit very far back and have that run like he always does. And it just realistically has not been enough since that main race at Saratoga. So I don't disagree with what Howard said in the chat, although I do have the horse in second. Although, Patrick, you and I have this horse, have this horse, the number seven shutters on top again for John Velasquez and Mark Hennig, the morning line favorite. Um, what did you like most about shutters? You know, with shutters, you know, being previously trained by Chad Brown, you know, I looked at the uh, the, the uh, money lines and the morning lines of what the horse was and was bet on that day. And, you know, the horse was four to one when it went into the heading barn and ran well. Uh, it got destroyed uh, down the stretch by Kawhi Mia River, the number five in that race, got completely shut off on the rail. And that horse had a big shot at winning that day and just didn't have room. Um, and I think this horse is going to sit the right trip. It's going to sit off the pace, uh, with pace signed on. And I think this horse with Johnny has a big shot. And Johnny knows, after being previously on the horse, where he needs to get this horse in order to uh, have a shot uh, coming down the stretch. Yeah, and the number four horse is who you're looking for. I believe he's the one in between horses right here in the blue and white. You're going to yeah. see the kind of come up to the quarter pole try and get through here was it before this or was it after that i think it was no it's right here right yeah it's come uh yeah it's after this so he's gonna the seven's gonna come over he's gonna try and split and you see he's moving he's coming and it's just a matter of he the five comes and he just steadies way back so i think that's a really sneaky fourth i think this horse easily could have gotten second if not the win so i completely agree with you patrick that this horse I think this line looks a lot better through the replay than it does on paper. I'm extremely interested in this horse and anything above that five to two line, especially with connections of the five and the three. I think you might get five to two on this horse, and I would love to see this horse fly down the stretch. But uh, Roland Williams, I haven't seen your chat. I haven't seen your name in the chat, I don't think. Thanks so much for joining the show, Roland. Greatly appreciate it. As Patrick 
is he's going with Patrick's second horse, the number two Blue Devil, for Jeff Hiles and Ricardo Santana. A really nice run, or two really nice runs and allowances, one at Churchill, one at Ellis. Basically, Churchill losing to really good horses in Hidden Path and Policy Option. Exactly right, and that's exactly what my notes say. Losing to good horses uh, right at the wire by a nose and a neck. Um, the horse has outrun its odds completely. Uh, it's 10 to 1 morning line. I, I have a feeling people are going to bet the horse. Um, it's going to be on. It's going to be up front early. So, you know, I, this horse is going to be there, in my opinion, at the wire. It's just a matter of if the pace is going to kind of melt down yep. to a point where this horse is not going to be able to withstand it. But um, especially with Ricardo Santana up, you know, he'll be aggressive. I don't disagree with you. And like I said, just a matter of the pace for this horse, right? If Blue Devil can get a pretty decent lead, I think he holds on exactly like he did the last two. Although I don't like that he draws inside here. I think if I if he drew seven or eight, I would like Blue Devil a lot more. But he has a lot of upside. Uncle Mo, Lemon Drop Kid, the breeding's definitely there to go long on the turf. It's just a matter of what happens with the pace scenario. But um I don't I don't disagree with your pick by any means. I think this race, like I said, if it stays on turf, this race is pretty wide open. And uh Charlie, I'll let you have the last talk, uh last um word here with al's rocket the second choice on the morning line for pletcher and irad i mean lemon drop kid cairo prince again just the breedings there just again it's another horse that puts in his really good run yeah i mean whenever you see pletcher and irad you have to get excited um and with al's rocket you can see for him once he you know started uh, actually getting ridden by uh jose ortiz you see he really started to turn things around with the 87 and 86 figures uh, did a very solid job with a hot pace, but then also showed the ability, again, something we've talked about on this show is the ability to be tactical and versatile and in different ways. And so Al's Rockets had a little bit of a different trip last time out. The only concern I have is, personally, I think three to one is a little steep, and I think with the connections, it might honestly, the horse might stay around there. Uh, the concern I have is the horse ran a very solid third. The issue I have is that Al's Rocket got not the perfect trip, but a very reasonable trip. You know, didn't really run in any controversy, ran its race, ran a solid effort, but again, really looked like an authentic third. Whereas, again, with the seven horse um, shutters, not only did the horse struggle at the end with all the getting stuck on the rail, but also at the very beginning of the race, if I, I might be wrong, but I believe shutters also broke very poorly. So I just think the fact that this horse just edged out shutters, who got a very difficult trip, just tells me that a horse that ran its best day versus a horse that didn't run a bad day, but again, had a tough trip and they just edged each other out. Doesn't do enough to win. However, I do like this horse underneath. I think the horse absolutely could win. It's just, it's a little tough of a horse to play from a price perspective because you're probably not going to get much value, but certainly the talent is there and this horse 1000% could win. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. This race. Yeah, is I think Matt Miller put it perfectly. I was about to say, I think there's a lot of respectable horses in this race, but for me, there was no clear cut horse. That's why I honestly went for the three horse was, I don't know if you'll get those odds, but at least there was a little more value. I just don't think there's any horse in a field that's this spread out. That's really worth five to two, three to one. I think four to one is where I would feel comfortable on any of these horses on it on their own. Um, but yeah, I think this is a very spread out race. I think Matt Miller kind of nailed it on that. Definitely one you would want to not put all your eggs in one basket on. I agree with you guys both. Um, obviously, um, great minds think alike, but um, <laughs> I do. I damn it, Patrick. I do agree with both of you that the race. There's a lot of holes that can be poked. So realistically, like ten to one Blue Devil, it can easily be. You know, you can make even conditions for him to win as Patrick did. But there's three MTOs on the outside. I want to keep in mind, as I said, the 
Um, the weather, I'll, this will be the final time I'll say it, but the weather is not looking very good at Saratoga. It's been raining all week, and it just um, it continues to forecast for for rain. Not Wayne, rain. But um, the number nine ouster looks to be the morning. Uh, looks to be the favorite if it does come off the turf with a with a state bred with a hun, uh, buyer hundred and state bred winning by five over Whittington Park, who's a really nice New York bred, um, and then comes back in an open op, an open company N one X and only loses by two and a quarter to Majority Partner, who's a nice bank gets a nice horse so. I think Ouster will definitely be the favorite. The number 10 is also interesting. For I really Power. like the Princess Spur if this gets taken off. Yeah. And I mean, you could, he hasn't really, in the mud at Belmont all the way back in 22 ran well. Um, it's just a matter of will this horse get in? I think he sits a really nice talking trip from the outside. I agree with you, Charlie. And the 11 is the other one for Anthony Cordarolo. And, just too slow for me. Uh, and, this one. Yeah, I agree with you. It just looks a little slow. We'll have to improve. But again, if this race comes out to be like a five horse field or four horse field, even if it gets taken off the turf, there could be many different ways that you can go on top. But if it's with the turf staying on, I'm going seven, three, five. Charlie's going three, seven, five. Patrick's going seven, two, five. And Noah is going seven, eight, five. So I'm going to move over to the next race here. It is race number seven as I switch over Equibase right now. This one is a $16,000 claimer, 42,000 purse going six furlongs on the dirt is a full field of 11, but a coupled entry with the one and one a brings it down to a, a betting field of 10. The morning line favorite is the number three. No more talk. A Maryland, a nine-year-old Maryland bred for Irad mm-hmm. Ortiz and Dave Jacobson. As I switch over the picks right now, um, Charlie, Charlie, Noah and I are trusting old grandpa, the nine-year-old on top, but Patrick is the one man going a different way with the number on the with the outside horse, the number ten striking speed for uh, the HHH Racing Podcast favorite Joel Rosario and Charlton Baker. As I switch over to the PPs right now, Patrick, you're on the chopping block, my friend. What do you like most about striking speed? Yeah, striking speed. Uh, last out ran against the number three. Uh, no more talk, and just you know the horse didn't you know it was on close to the early pace pretty fast fractions which i expect to happen in this race but is tactical in a way because you look three back um in that claimer at aqueduct in march the horse came from off the pace and i was really impressed by the horse in that race so charlie baker uh, freshens the horse up after running in late may get some time off and i'm hoping this horse can sit off the pace and this is pretty much just going against the three no more talk because i i do believe striking speed is relatively close to to uh, no more talk when it comes to uh, racing and them, you know, grading out with buyers and stuff like that. And I, I just don't trust no more talk. You know, I'm just going to talk about no more talk and why I have the horse in uh, second. I'll yep. hand it back to you. But I, I just the, the nine year old, like you said, ran two previous career best races, um, you know, was stepping up in class on July 3rd in a way going from going to a claim in uh, 32,000 at Belmont. And the horse really had no excuse. And I, the horse is going to be over bet. I can guarantee you that with Irad. Um, and I, I'm going to play against. And um, I'm going to go with um, striking speed. Uh, this will be a spread race for me, you know, within uh, pick fives and stuff like that. But I, I'm just not trusting the three. I, and again, I don't disagree with that. I know one person in the chat that definitely won't disagree with you. 
a la the boss who hates these nine-year-old like this betting angle of you know this horse is nine dropping down into a 16 claimer i know he's gonna put it in the chat already um i can hear him typing on his keyboard but um <laughs> charlie you and i have this horse on top as does noah um and by the way patrick i don't think striking speed's definitely impossible at all um just the outside post especially last year at saratoga didn't do very well i believe they were um I believe they were like 10% or 10, 15% on the outside in dirt sprints. So um, it's just going to be a little bit hard from out there, but this isn't necessarily a field that, um, you know, of horses that take really catch your eye by any means, I guess is yep. what I'm trying to say. So, but Charlie, you and I have the number three, no more talk on top, ran two back-to-back 80, 83 and 82 buyers within a week of each other at Belmont in two separate claiming races. Um, and then last race, a little bit disappointing, but taking the drop down in class, as I said. Yeah, I mean, No More Talk is a very I mean, a very impressive horse in the aspect that at nine years old, he's still able to perform this well. 85 I, starts, by the way. I, I will say this to me, this horse is Arlington written all over it. It's <laughs> the exact kind of like if this was Arlington, man, I would be so much more confident and love this horse because these are the horses you live for in Arlington. You know, just the old legends that just keep on kicking, keep on showing the younger guns who's boss and keep winning. Uh, but, you know, at Saratoga with a, a little more tougher competition makes me nervous. Don't like the two-to-one line at all. And unfortunately, I think because Irad's on the horse, you'll probably get right around two-to-one. Um, I think the horse is definitely very beatable. Just for me, it's the top pick. But as Patrick mentioned, another race you have to spread in, a very beatable favorite. Um, I will say the regression is a little concerning to me just because, again, this is an older horse, so I'm not as confident the horse will bounce back. Uh, I'm honestly a little more excited about some of the horses I have below the three for some more value that I think you can use in underneath plays or as a little bit of an upset pick. But, yeah, I think No More Talk deserves to be the favorite. I uh, should be the favorite, is the best horse in the field, but by no means is unbeatable. And, again, two to one is just a scary short price. I would never play this horse on its own. Yeah, and look, two to one on a nine-year-old is definitely interesting, but I think this horse hits, a, uh, honestly, a great trip in this race. I think he gets the same trip that he got at Beaumont both times. I just think he's, he takes back from the three holes. It's right behind the speed as there is, you know, there's plenty of it in this race. And if he gets another hot pace, I don't see why he doesn't run back to his 80. And I think an 80 is pretty good to win this race. I mean, I, I honestly love the three in this spot, although grandpa is going to be running for the 86th time. But I mean, <laughs> It's just, you know, you got to take your choosing, especially in these $16,000 claimers. And I thought No More Talk um, was the best of this field, in my opinion. But, uh, Charlie, you actually have the horse that I like underneath the number nine in second, which is all the way down here to basically the 10 hole. Uh, the number nine towing for Norm Cassie and Ricardo Santana off the claim. What you like most about towing? Yeah, so Towin's an interesting horse, has worked uh, really well. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's tended – I mean, I know the figures aren't anything crazy, but what I do like is the recent consistency. I also understand, you know, the horse was off a huge layoff from November to May and then has only gotten to have two starts since, but was able to go winning away against a very hot pace, which to me was, for this field, again, pretty impressive, even if the figure isn't that great. Um, and then also show the ability to sit like just off the pace and then go by and win as well. Again, I know these aren't crazy efforts, but I just think this that towing has very high potential to potentially be a horse that goes right to the lead or just off, like just behind the speed. Uh, and again, 
for me, I, even though I don't normally love speed horses, I do like when it's a horse that can go to the front and actually hang in there and stay up there, whether it's a win or a close second place. You know, again, at least it's a horse that doesn't fade badly and stay up there. And as you mentioned, there is a lot of speed in this race, but a lot of the speed in this race tends to gas out and f- fades badly. So again, if you're just looking for a price, I mean, I love towing at, at six to one. I would take every bit of those odds. Maybe you get them, maybe you don't. Um, and then it kind of also goes into cash now, who uh, I have in third, the five horse, which is another horse that's very interesting to me. And this, honestly, if I was betting this race on my own, I think cash now would probably be my single, like that I would play on the own, just because I, I don't know if you'll get it to one, but I just love the jump. I mean, again, we talk about, especially in these weaker races, just looking for any sort of progression. And the horse didn't run, ran a solid second against No More Talk, but then jumps all the way up from a 66 to an 84. And if Cash now runs that effort again, there is no reason Cash now can't win this race either. And again, at eight to one, much rather if you're playing the horse or the race on their own, take eight to one than two to one on No More Talk. For me, Charlie, at least, this horse just screams turf, no? Like, you can see it goes from 80s, twos, mid 70s even. Best race on dirt, one at 77. Then all the rest are like low 60s, mid mid 50s even. And then comes back to a turf sprint at Belmont and runs an 84 against Bally Dooley, who's a decent horse. Like, I don't, I don't know. This, this horse just screamed turf to me or uh, that it prefers the turf surface, being that this horse is two for 15 on the dirt. But if you can get eight to one, which um, I thought you would on this horse. I feel like cash now would be an interesting value play um, underneath for sure. But Patrick, I'm going to let you talk about the number six who I have in second, you have in third first deputy for James bag and Dylan Davis. Definitely one that's going to come from the back, which um, last year at Saratoga, they necessarily weren't uh, too keen on doing, but I think this horse is de- interesting. Definitely an underneath for 10 to one. Exactly right. And I, I wanted to put the horse in second over uh, no more talk, but I just couldn't do it. Cause I, the horse needs to get out of the gate. Um, it can't come off slow. It's good. The horse is going to take back, but needs to get a position to take back, uh, back in. Cause you know, depending on how quick this race is, the horse can lose it at the starting gate, obviously. And, and uh, you know, D- Dylan just needs to find the right trip in here, uh, because the horse is going to be closing late and is going to be a, a square price. Yeah. And anything above, I think nine to one is good value on this horse underneath, um it's just a matter of and the drop down as well from 32 to 16 um if there's enough pace in front of him i think first deputy is definitely interesting to clunk up for at least third if not second but one more horse i want to talk about matthew Tremura. thanks so much for joining the show man a regular of uh howard's uh flagship show on thursday nights but i haven't seen him around here for too long so thanks so much matthew for joining the show he said one a gandy dancy's major player here Horse wins ordinary to below par, except when runs at Saratoga three for five at the spa. As you can see right here, made almost half its value uh, at the spa. As you go back to August of 2022, where this horse ran an 83, winning by six and a quarter in a $25,000 claimer at seven. This is at six for a 16 claimer. I don't see why this horse, it just kind of seems on the regression path almost. The horse hasn't run well. Uh, horse ran well at Aqueduct, excuse me, in the slop. So I guess that could be another thing to look forward to is that this horse might be better on wet. But other than that, I mean, the horse really hasn't run well since back um, in December of 2022. All the rest of them are a little bit lackluster. But um, if this horse really does love the spa, horse for course angle is definitely with the number one A, Gandy dancing, obviously coupled with the number one here, who I don't think is necessarily 
um, impossible, but um, with another speed in this race, I think the one's also one to be tread lightly. I'm going three six nine. Charlie's going three nine five. Patrick's going ten three six, and Noah's going three five ten. Guys, switching over to race number eight. It is another is a fifty thousand dollar claimer. So we're getting there. We're getting a little better. Going <laughs> six furlongs on the dirt with a field of nine. So um, minus that fourth race, the field sizes are pretty good in this spot. Granted, obviously subject to scratches, but full field of nine. The number two is the morning light favorite for Linda Rice and Jose Ortiz at eight to five. The number three, CC at degrees, is the second choice. And then it's a share between the third choice. As I bring up the banners right now, I thought I was going to be sneaky with some horses in here. And then I just got absolutely blown out of the water because two people have the six to one horse, Jake Rocks, in first, even. And Charlie and I both have the number two, um, Dots Dollar. On top, the morning line favorite. Patrick, you are up, my friend, as we switch over to race eight to the PPs. What do you like most about Jake Rocks? Yeah, before I make a comment on Jake Rocks, I just got to tell you, Noah, if, you know, if it's been filling in for me. And, you know, I come back and I look at his picks and they're they're the same. So, I mean, I, I don't know. That's great. Uh, he knows no, his shit, man. Yeah. No, no, it's great. Well, yeah. I mean, does he know his <laughs> shit or you – well, am I just the dummy and he, he's following along? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Jake Rocks, I mean, this horse is a winner. I mean, anywhere this horse has been and wh- whoever's born, I mean, Rob Attress was four for five with him. Then, you know, goes to uh, Dominic Shanat. Sh- I don't even know how to say his last name. I'm not going to try. Uh, who's a good trainer, though, in New York. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I appreciate the horses that find a way to win. Um, I think this horse uh, has shown to, you know, sit on a lead and, um, can win from right off of it as well. Tactical speed. Um, you know, this horse does have some time off coming out of that aqueduct race. So that is a little bit iffy, but just in a race where, you know, there was a lot of speed signed on. Um, I, I expect Luis Saez to pick out a good trip here at a fair price in a race that is, um, that is tough. And dots dollar. The two is, uh, it's definitely going to be tough for Linda Rice, who, who was, was on fire at Belmont. And um, I agree. And Pat, Charlie, I'll let you touch on a little bit. I actually really love that Louis gets on this horse. Louis is known to be very aggressive, especially from the outside, um, from the outside post. Um, yeah, the, the chat's throwing me off. I'm reading it and talking at the same time. My ADD does, my ADD does not allow for that. Um, but off since April, like I said, I love that Louis gets on. He's very aggressive, especially with horses coming from the outside post. This horse looks, Jake Rocks looks to get a really good trip for Dominic Chatino, who really doesn't have that many runners. But um, out of the last year, is ba- I think he's 40% off the claim of a very small sample size. Yeah. So um, Jake Rocks is definitely one to look out for at six to one, mm-hmm. hopefully five to one or higher. Charlie, I'll let you touch on anything about Jake Rocks, but I'm going to move on to the number two, the favorite Dots Dollar. Yeah, no, Jake Rocks, I could not believe this horse was 6-1. to one. I mean, I completely understood that the two was going to be the heavy favorite, and I think the two is a deserved favorite, but I thought Jake Rocks was honestly going to be, I don't know, 3-1, to 7-2, to 4-1. That's where I really thought this horse would be. I thought, in my eyes, and it looks like from our picks, we all feel the same way, and when we get to my ticket later, I thought this was really a two-horse race. I think Jake Rocks is ultra-consistent. Again, you look at the figures, just constantly – putting up great numbers. And as Patrick touched on, this horse just wins everywhere. doesn't matter who's training the horse or where the horse runs, if the distance is anywhere in that six, six and a half, seven furlongs, this horse just consistently performs. And that's what I look for is consistency. 
horse also shows some versatility because, as you mentioned, Kyle, it's important for a horse to be able to pass, and this horse can go right to the leader, sit off. Also, as you mentioned again, Kyle, love Luis Saez being on this horse. I think he's, as you mentioned, very aggressive. I think he will ride this horse perfectly. I think Jake Rock should get a great trip. I just think the two is too talented. Uh, and then I think also Noah, though, made a good point. I know Matthew said, or somebody pointed out that, yeah, Matthew, that the horse has done it before, but that was my slight worry is running again twice in a week. I was just like, I don't want a single this horse because then, again, I just think the eight is so talented. But yeah, going to the Dots Dollar, I mean, this horse's last effort was just ridiculous. And quite frankly, I know this is only a 50,000 claiming, but some of these horses with their figures and ability just feels like they should be a higher claim. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I feel like, especially with the two and eight horses, I mean, Dot Staller has just been in spectacular form, consistently high 80s and 90 figures. We had a perfect race off the pace last time. I do think Dot Staller can get a similar trip and win this race, I absolutely. Agree. But if you're looking for a price to win, I don't know if you'll get six to one, but anywhere near there, I love playing the eight on its own to win. Yeah, and I agree with everything you just said. I think Dot Staller sits that really good trip, although... He will be coming off a six-day trip, granted coming from optional claiming down to claiming company. But Linda Rice is known for this. I'll just pull it up right now just to get her uh, days between starts, one to seven days. I mean, she's 28% one to seven days. Like, it's she knows her horses and she knows them well. So to have her come back and win 28% of the time, 70% in the money with a positive ROI, might I add. Even her horses that get bet still that her a positive ROI. So 28% is definitely nothing that concerns me with the six day layoff. This horse got a really good trip last time. I expect him to get the same exact trip again. I have dots dollar on top. And with the number eight, Jake rocks, I agree. And I'm going to, uh, for Christine race, I'm going to, uh, what are the stats of Jake's new trainer off the claim? I'll search up uh Shatino as the boss puts out in the chat. Thanks very much to him for correcting me. As usual, but trainer changes off the first after tra- first after claim to buy, and then I apply the filters. Uh, he's 19% in the last five years, so 736. So that's nothing bad at all. Although, as Christine points out, claim off address is definitely hard. But um, I have the number three and third. Patrick, you also have the number three and third. I'll let Patrick talk about the three. Charlie, talk about the seven, and we'll move on. Seas to get degrees. Great name, by the way. And Matt Miller loves C's skid degrees here. I have him in third. Patrick, you also have him in third. Another one that's going to go to the lead. Um, I just, I mean, he survived hot paces before, but it almost looks like anytime he gets like almost looked in the eye, it looks a little bit hard for him. Yeah, C's do, in fact, that get degrees because that's me. <laughs> they, they do. Yes, they uh, do. <laughs> but th- this horse, uh, y- you nailed it. Uh, this horse gets pressured at all on the lead. It, you know, this horse is, to be quite honest, not going to win. Uh, you, I just, you know, you look at the previous races. Has fa- has faced some pretty, you know, hefty horses though. I'm not going to say it hasn't, but I just uh, the, the horse is going to get pressured. I, you can just tell by looking at, you know, the time for U.S. pace and um, nah. this horse could very easily hit the board. But I just don't see this horse wiring the field. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the inside post um, with Irad, he'll definitely get a ro- hopefully a rocket out of the gate with Irad on board and get sent to uh, clearly. But uh, with the other horses in the race, um, the two dots dollars not slow. Although I don't think he'll make the lead. Sees good degrees. Obviously, the four Happy Farms going to go for the lead. The number five Emerald Forest isn't slow. Um, the number seven isn't slow, although I don't think he's as fast. Jake Rocks is going to be near the lead for sure. Nifty's not slow. So there's definitely other pace in the race. 
Seize it degrees. It has the highest early time form and could uh, sneak away if the others decide to take back. And usually it's Saratoga, especially last year, that usually that was a very good angle to play. But um, the number three, I thought was extremely interesting. And if he can produce another, you know, high 80s buyer, this horse is definitely uh, has it. This horse definitely has a chance to win. Seize good degrees. But Charlie, I'll let you close out the talk here and we'll move on. Number seven, Ram for, for the coach, D. Wayne Lucas and John Velasquez. Yeah, so D. Wayne Lucas, obviously a legend in the game. Johnny V as well. Uh, nice little cool old connections. Um, but, yeah, for me, honestly, like I said, since I really consider this to be a two-horse race, for my underneath, I didn't want to go with the three and, you know, go chalky and be boring and go for a short price on a horse that I think will end up in a hot pace, kind of, as you mentioned, kind of just give up and weaken out per usual. Uh, so I went for Ram. Again, I like the connections. I like Johnny V taking the saddle. Uh, a horse that, again, you know, was running longer races. They switched it on a cutback to six and a half furlongs um, and then runs an 82 in a very respectable effort. Uh, I love 15 to one on Ram. Again, I don't know because of the connections if you'll get 15 to one, just because I think when people see Johnny V and, uh, you know, uh, taking on a horse again, usually he's not normally taking a 15 to one horse. Uh, I don't think Ram will win the race, but I certainly think this is another horse that can show some speed, can show some ability to be a little off the pace. And I certainly think Ram could at least get into the money. And at 15 to one, I know you say he'll never talk me off it, but I just feel like if you really are confident in the two or eight to win, why not throw Ram somewhere in the exactors or tries underneath? I think Ram could certainly do something at 15 to one. Yeah. And I mean, this is another horse that's coming back pretty quick. This is a two week turnaround for Ram, but for a horse underneath of the race, that's a lot of early speed. Like you said, Charlie, I'll never talk you off the double digit uh, of a double digit horse. So Ram is definitely one to keep in mind for underneath. I'm going two, eight, three, Charlie's going two, eight, seven, Patrick's going eight, two, three, Noah's going eight, two, nine guys switching over to the next race right now. This is the, um, the featured race on the card. It is the coronation cup stakes, 150,000 going five and a half furlongs on the turf course. The morning line favorite is the number four, Love reigns and guys, it is that time for the chat to play our favorite game. Who took the featured horse in the featured race? How many people do you think out of us three and Noah took Love Reigns on top? One, two, three, or four. Because again, I will guarantee you that one person did take Love Reigns on top. So let's see those chats, guys. How many? we let the guess? Because I don't know who I don't know who picked. Uh, I mean, the guy, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So Patrick says two. So how many do you think in the chat took Love Reigns on top? So Charlie, I'm thinking two or three. Two I or know three? based off of the trainer who the trainer is. At least one person did. I'm trying to think if anybody <laughs> well, else. Did. Yeah, that's not. That's also not uh, wrong by <laughs> any means. Howard says three. Matt Miller says three. Sylvain says two. Happy Harry says three. Definitely <laughs> Charlie. I, can't uh, I love it. That. Rodney Evans says one. Matthew Chimura says three. Christine Race, three. Jim Plar says three, including me. Uh, Roland Williams says three. Guys, switching over to the banner right now, and it is one. Wow. So only oh. Charlie oh, took – obviously, Charlie took Love Reigns on top, but only one goes with the Wesley Warhorse, draws number four with Joel on But, man, we did not five. with the top three, all of us – Except for Patrick. Patrick's <laughs> one, the one creative guy. So this race will be pretty quick here, uh, realistically. But switching over the PPs right now, Charlie, you have the floor, my friend. The number four morning line favorite, Ward Rosario, coming off a really nice win at Keeneland. 
Yeah, I love Love Reigns. I mean, obviously coming off a layoff, but Wesley has the war horse working sharply. And I will say this is finally a Wesley Ward horse that I'm genuinely thrilled to back simply because, you know, Wesley tends to run the shorter sprint races and I like longer races, but they also tend to always have to be the same type of horse. You know, it's always a speed horse that just goes right to the front and then either runs away or gasses out. But Love Reigns is, is again, as we've talked about, a tactical, a versatile horse that has shown the ability, you know, where uh, where it either can be right to the front or, you know, like the last race, be six lengths off the lead. And then just, I mean, you want to talk about a very difficult trip against a great field and just weave it and find a way. Love Reigns, now I will say when we get to my ticket later, I did hedge with one other horse, but this is my one of my two best bets is Love Reigns to win. I mean, again, I'm a little nervous with Joel, but Joel got the job done last time. Uh, again, the horse has easily enough speed that it can go right to the front and win but also has shown the ability to sit off the pace, to weave through traffic, face any sort of adversity. I just think Love Reigns is supremely, supremely talented. And genuinely, again, I know I always tend to take Wesley Ward horses, but this is by far and away my favorite Wesley Ward horse that we've covered on the show. That's big praise coming from the man yeah. at the bottom of the screen as he has family friend ties to Wesley Ward. So he always, if, if he doesn't pick them, he will be – uh, thrown upside down and duct taped to a wall. Anymore. Yeah, you'll be thrown upside down at the next uh, family meeting. But <laughs> I mean, there's not too much to say about Love Reigns, guys. I mean, uh, she's a really nice three-year-old for Wesley. Obviously, placing fourth in the Queen Mary last year at Ascot. Comes to Keeneland. Uh, doesn't really run too well in the juvenile turf sprint. Uh, Wesley ramps her up off the layoff to win, uh, going away at Keeneland in the Limestone which uh, I think that was a week before I came, I watched that live. But, I mean, this horse ran just ran a bullet at Keeneland as well, ships up for this race. She's easily the uh, the best horse in the field. But um, I decided to go another way, and Patrick did as well with the number one on the inside, My Sweet Affair, who ran third behind Love Reigns in the Limestone at Keeneland on the 14th of April. Yeah. And, you know, I looked back at a couple of those races, specifically back at the uh, race at Laurel, where uh, Bosrati, um, you know, wired the field in that race on a turf track that was just incredibly fast. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to scratch, uh, you know, a mark in that race because I just felt like my sweet affair just, you know, got bumped. And it was just kind of one of those races where the horse did look like it was ready, but just, just didn't, you know, everything went wrong in the race. And I feel like drawing the rail here with a lot of speed to her outside. Uh, this horse is sitting on a big one, it has been up at Saratoga for a, a couple weeks now training. And the way George Weaver's barn is going, Irad picks up the mount. Uh, something tells me that this horse is gonna is gonna uh, have a big big performance. Uh, it's gonna be tough against Love Reigns and even Love Appeals, who you have on top, Kyle. But I, I I just think my sweet affair is ready for a big one. Yeah, and you see here the four she gets she got caught on the by the quarter pull, and you see she comes with a really big run over the top, just not enough to catch Bossarati, who wired the field that day, like Patrick said, on a very fast turf course, benefiting those front runners, as I know, a la uh jay in the laurel dash but granted it's been fast the entire time and then the week before jay runs it just downpours every day which is fun of course uh perks of owning a great uh a turf sprinter but uh my sweet affair i have in third charlie has in third as well like i said not getting too creative in this race um she's going to have to improve or run back to that limestone i think to be able to be in full contention but for George Weaver and Irad with a bullet last time over the uh, Oklahoma turf course, I don't think that's necessarily impossible by any means. 
Um, and if there is enough speed up front, which it's going to be a little tough as I think there is some speed in this race, but I don't think there's necessarily too much. Um, and being the rail in a turf sprint, I don't always enjoy, but um, my suite affair is definitely interesting as well. I have the number two on top love appeals. Charlie has second Patrick has nowhere. Love this horse. By the um, way. I, I really like this last run guys. And I know she got pretty much a perfect trip um, at aqueduct, but You'll see she is the number two here on the on the inside. I'll switch. I'll I'll scoot forward. She kind of takes back a little bit under Manny Franco, and Manny's just going to push her up the inside as fabulously funny drops back. But this is what I want to see. This is this race is a little bit shorter. Um, this race that's carded for Saratoga is a little bit shorter than this race at Aqueduct. But you'll see just have her come to the top of the stretch. I see her getting pretty close to the same trip. Um, maybe right next to Love Reigns, but just the acceleration that Love Appeal shows in this spot, um, going past and just absolutely doing it so well and just kicking away um, right about the eighth pole. I just, I love that angle. And, you know, she's geared down. She wins geared down by almost five. I could be completely wrong. Um, and I think I'll get three to one for sure in this spot. I really, really like Love Appeals. Now, Charlie, like you said, you like this horse as well. Yeah, no, that scared me. I'll be honest. I had the four the whole time as a cold single. And then, you know, I liked, like I said, as I've tried to improve in my handicap and skills and abilities, I've started to watch replays more. Because, you know, like you've mentioned, like the position doesn't always tell the full story, nor do the comments you got to watch. And for me, that's what I saw. Just that kick. and the, I mean, the gear down, sir, that was nice too, but also wasn't the craziest competition. But for me, it was just like you mentioned, that acceleration and kick just kind of frightened me and made me think, okay, this horse – if again, I know it's a little bit different in distance and tougher field, but if that kick shows again, love appeals could absolutely win. And to be honest, the one horse doesn't impress me at all. I mean, I put the horse third because I read and quick work and because I just think the horse should close enough to get third. But honestly, I thought that Maryland race was a tough watch for me in the replay. I didn't think anyone looked good in that race, to be honest with you. Um, I think I'd be more interested in playing Patrick's horse underneath and the eight horse for some value. Again, I just threw the horse in as a top three pick. But I get, I, I can see the hype with the one. I just think the figures kind of give a good representation that this horse ran one amazing race against the four, but I don't think the horse can replicate that ever again. Um, I really do think the four should be almost impossible to beat. But again, the two, I mean, when I watched that replay and that effort was just so impressive. And that was the only reason I couldn't single the horse. For me, it really is just between the four and the two. I think the four should win because I don't know if Love Appeals can run like that again and show that acceleration kick, but I'm too scared to risk betting against that. And I actually think you could get more than three to one because I think people are going to be all over the four and the one. Yeah, I also agree with you, Charlie. And the fact of the matter, she's just improving. She's improving Philly, although um, she did face lesser company last time in that optional claiming, I will say for sure. Um, the only thing that does concern me about Love Appeals is um, this five and a half, although I think she has really nice acceleration, um, Medaglia Doro Mayor Spitestown. I mean, Spitestown was a sprinter, but a lot of his um progeny do well routing as well. So this the horse might want farther distance as they started her off in seven and a half at Goldstream during the winter meet. Um, so that that's a little concerning for me, but the fact of the matter is in that last replay, I think if she sits close to the pace again and gets that first run, I think she could easily I think she's definitely a win candidate for sure, but she'll definitely have to get by love reigns. And guys, like I said, there's a lot of others that we could talk about in this race. Like Bossarati, Patrick has an eighth or and third, the number eight horse in this spot who was in that last race at Laurel. 
Um, Patrick, I'll let you close out with any remarks, but anyone else in this race, they kind of just seem really kind of the slow. Um, the three is a little bit interesting for Philip Bauer and Florent Giroux. I think um, this horse is going to try to be a little bit closer to the pace, but um, in the terms between the four, two, and the three, I would I would definitely take the four and the two more as they'll get most likely the same trip. Um, but the number eight, Bossarati, Patrick, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I just think this horse is going to be, a, a, you know, a pretty big price and has run really big once stepping on the turf. And I just didn't want to leave off uh, my top three because I just feel like, you know, this horse is going to go to the lead and it's going to catch me if you can type of thing. And I was just really impressed with the way the horse ran at Laurel. Um, and, you know, Tyler's going to be aggressive and see how far they uh, that uh, this horse can take him. Yeah, and obviously, like I said, he's going to get, hopefully, or, uh, he as in Tyler, but she's going to get a nice trip, uh, hopefully from the outside, although I did say that there was other speed in this race. Just a matter of, does she class up against the big girls in this yeah. spot, as in Love Reigns on the two to her inside, but the eight is definitely interesting if you get a decent price at eight to one or higher. Uh, Charlie's going four to one. I'm going two four one. Patrick's going one four eight, and Noah's going one four two. Guys, switching over to the last race on the card for Saratoga on Friday. It is a thirty-five thousand dollar claiming going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. Massive field. four Elsa eligibles, a full field of twelve. Um, will be extremely interesting with the weather to see how this race plays out. But the morning line favorite, as I switch over to the Equibase right now, is the number 12, My Romeo Lima. Or no, the number three, Hilliard. Come on. Irad and Mike Maker um, at 7-2. to two. The number 12, My Romeo Lima is 4-1, to one, second choice. And the number 11, Encourage for McPeak, is 5-1. to one. This race is... I don't know about you guys. This race is completely wide open, and we'll talk. We'll try to go as quickly as possible through this. Although Patrick and I pretty uh, decently similar picks, and Charlie has one horse that I also like in there as well. So we'll try and go as quick as possible through this, so we can get to our best bets and close out the show. But as I switch over the picks right now, Patrick, you and I have the same horse on top, the number two. I thought this was going to be my, you know, my sneaky top pick, eight to one. No one's going to, you know. This race is completely wide open. No one's going to have this. And the man himself coming back from a hiatus steals my thunder at eight to one. But Charlie, I'll let you go first. You do have the number three Hilliard on top um, with the chalk uh, with Mike Maker and I read. What'd you like most about Hilliard? Yeah. So let's ease up a little bit with the chalk, considering that we're talking about a seven to two chalk, at least I didn't go with the seven to five with everybody else earlier on the race four and wanted to be different. Uh, but no, more seriously, you know what I mean? Again, running a bullet minute flat in the last work. Again, love Michael Maker as a trainer. Paid off for me in the past. Uh, with Irad, I like the pairing together. Uh, the horse, honestly, when I just watched the replay, just showed such a nice kick uh, when it was, you know, way off the pace, six lengths off the lead, and then was really able to get it going and close within a neck and just missed. I know the horse was favored last time out, but I really do believe I, I can understand the aspect of this race seeming like a big spread but you know also you look way back in the career at a bunch of races in the 80s so sure this horse isn't necessarily at the best but could at least show with the you know jump from the 69 to 76 off not a layoff but you know a decent spread in time could continue to show progress again i don't think that's out of the question so i do think for me at least 
the three horse was the clear top pick for me. It was after that where then I was just throwing darts at a board and just seeing what would stick for who to put underneath. But I don't know. For me, I did think the three, I didn't like any of the other favorites. That's why I went for some longer prices below. But out of the shorter prices, Hilliard was the only one that really stuck out to me as a clear winner. Yeah. And we, look, he definitely has run the best races out of this uh, out of this field. Last year, 2022, these high 80 buyers definitely would earn 99% would get it done in a field like this. Um, I read maker same level as last time, uh, only losing to a neck while steadied, by the way, I think Hilliard's definitely one to, to include in this spot, although you won't get very much value, but although if your value is three to one on this horse, you might get that, you might get that value. It's obviously, it's all what you view the value on Hilliard as I would say nothing. I would say nothing below seven two. I would play this horse. Um, especially in a field this deep with this many horses, plus the oncoming weather situation. But we're going to kind of put that on the back burner for now and handicap these on turf. Again, I put this in the chat earlier, but keep watch on Twitter for all of the weather changes that we're going to be posting. I post every single pick that I make on Twitter and every single play that I play. Um, I will update everything for scratches and changes. So keep an eye for that if you're interested um, on the off on the the um, on the scenario that it becomes an off track day, but tr- Patrick, 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 my friend, you and I both have the eight to one morning line. Penner Ash on top for Castellano and Carlos Martin uh, ran pretty much a dud last time at Belmont. In a but I mean Carlos took it took his shot right. He claimed her for fifty, claimed him for fifty, put him up in allowance company. Uh, got Joel, so wrangled back to last and finished last. But um, what did you like most about Penner Ash? All right, let's calm down with Joel for a minute. That, that <laughs> horse did not like the blinkers. Take those things off, and I, I think this horse has a good shot. Uh, you watch that replay, the horse comes out, and I don't know what happened. I, I mean, your take on Joel, you know, it is what it is, but I, the horse just doesn't really get, get moving at all, like just is just walking out of the gate um so i I just number seven is the horse you're looking for folks yeah and then um i I just think this horse needs to be close to the lead to be quite honest it's just um there's this horse has shown in its pps that if it's close to the lead it's you know hit the board and everything that it's running so i I expect Joel to be more aggressive in this spot and in a race where you know you have a favorite who i couldn't trust for anything um I'm looking for this horse to get back to its 80 or so buyer speed figure that fits right in. Yeah. And um, I don't disagree with you by any means. If it runs that 81 again, um, being aggressive, I think this horse definitely fits. Penner Ash at eight to one. I mean, Curlin Galileo mare. I mean, it, it screams long on turf. Obviously this one, Mike, this one will most likely get scratched if the weather does play out the way it does. But um, taking the blinkers off, getting Castellano aboard, hopefully he be, he's become, he becomes a lot more aggressive mm-hmm. and is able to take this horse to the lead. I love Penarash on top if this race stays on the turf at 8-1. to one. But, um, Patrick, you and I have the 11 on top, so I'll let you touch on the 11 and the 9 then real quick. And then, Charlie, I'll let you touch on anything else you want to touch on, then we'll move on. But the number 11, Encourage, who I have in third for Leperu and McPeak. Um, ran a kind of 
really it was really wide last time out. He was from the 12 hole. Hopefully he can get a little bit further to the inside this time being in the 11 hole again. Yeah, that's the only thing that scares me is this horse being, you know, uh, getting a wider post hasn't, you know, hasn't really run all that well. Um, but, you know, relating back to buyer speed figures, this horse fits right in with those races. Um, so, you know, I just think if this horse can sit a trip um, and runs will run a, a race that will be there and the, the horse has been getting bet in uh, the last race was three to one. Um, and I just this horse should have a chance with the way it's run in the past two. Yeah, and if it runs back to, you know, the speed figures of two back, this horse ran in the Hawthorne Derby with Speaking Scout. Um, I mean, even before that, won a, a big allowance at Kentucky Downs. So this horse definitely has the talent to be competitive. Just a matter of what trip will he get from the outside um, in this race at Saratoga. I think he definitely has a chance to win, but it will be – um, enough, and I, I think, I mean, this horse's value definitely skyrockets me like six, seven to one to play him, uh, on top or underneath, but definitely one to look out for. But Patrick, anything you want to touch on about the nine? Then I'll let Charlie finish up. Yeah, this, you know, Rudy Rodriguez, uh, is an interesting trainer where it's he's either hot or cold, and you know, th- at this time he's been cold, but this horse just sometimes he picks spots and you know you wonder why but then i i just looked at his his last race and he just was always wide at some point and had no kick late but i just think that in a race like this you never know and with a pace that is kind of lackluster rudy's horses do seem to show a lot of speed and i looked two back and that horse showed speed on the turf in a claimer and i just wanted to put this horse on my ticket just in case yeah, and that's completely fair. You know, these especially these races on uh, the Saratoga grass benefited the horses on the front end. So anything to keep uh, a horse on the front end, especially with blinkers on for Rudy Rodriguez, I think is completely, um, I completely agree with. But Charlie, anything else you want to touch on, then we'll move on. Yeah, so I just wanted to touch on the nine and four real quick. So it's fun in summer. Yeah, I actually really like this horse. Again, I see the consistency in the figures. As Patrick mentioned, the horse has plenty of speed, but also has enough, uh, you know, ability, as you can see with the late and early pace, to sit a little bit off. I love the eight to one again. For me, I love the three, but I just don't know what the odds. So I would be looking potentially elsewhere if you're playing the race on, on your own. I think Splendid Summer, again, definitely in there for a shot. Uh, has run some very valiant efforts, ran close against uh, Hilliard, most uh, most recent effort, again, but that wasn't the best effort. If you look at the efforts two and three back, certainly any of those efforts could win. And then if you can go to the four real quick. Yep, absolutely. Um, um, I believe that's Ario. Yep. So yeah, this is a horse that just never really has had money put on it, you know, consistently, you know, nine to one, nine to one, ten to one. But I'll tell you what, this horse ran to the begin- ran to the got on the lead, and I don't see why Ario couldn't potentially do that again was able to sit up there and didn't fade by any means, just ultimately got past late. But, I mean, ran a very valiant effort in third by three-fourths of a length lost to Hilliard, who lost by a neck. And I know Hilliard, again, had a little bit of a tough trip and I think is a more impressive horse. But I think for how fairly similar Ario is to who I think everyone could agree on paperly should be initially the best horse, 12-1 to give me every bit of those odds. I love Ario at those odds. 
Again, another one where not my top pick, but if you're looking for a horse to play in the executives or underneath, or again, looking for a long rod horse to just place a little small win bet on or wager, I love Ario at 12 to 1. I could not believe this horse was that high. I know it's not some unbelievable horse, horse, but I still think for this field, this horse is better than 12 to 1. Look, I don't disagree with you. Obviously, like I said, with the 12 to 1, um, the horse, like I said, Hilliard's going to be what, 3 to 1, most likely at post time. And Ario's going to be, you know, anywhere near 12 to 1. Look, horse lost by three quarters to the same horse, and there's a massive odds difference. I, I do like that angle, Charlie. So it's just a matter of will Ario be able to navigate with the pace in front of him. But, guys, switching over to the best bets now. Again, thank you so much to everybody joining for this big show for us at Saratoga. And keep eyes for next week, as next week for Betting and Boozin is going to be a very big show as we'll be covering a very, very sought-after sequence. But, guys, um, going over Noah's real quick best bets um, for him. He's raced seven, Dutch exactas, three over 5'10". Again, that's no way home over two horses that we talked about, the 5 and the 10. And his best win bet is race number nine, My Sweet Affair. His pick five is 5'7'8", with two, with two, eight, nine, with one, two, four, with two, three, eight, nine, eleven, twelve. So he agrees with us that that last race can literally go any way um, on paper. So Noah, thanks again for sending that in. Greatly appreciate it. Charlie, you are up first, my friend. Your best bets are race number two, a race that we never talked about, uh, Stone Cold Exacta, and then race number nine, the win on Wesley Ward, you know, Surprise, surprise. And then his pick five is three, five, seven with three, five, nine with two, eight with two, four with three, four, nine. Charlie, go ahead. Talk about your best bets. Yeah, I don't know the price off the top of my head, but I believe it's usually I try to stick around $50 since I'm out of budget. Um, but yeah, so again, I was spread in the races where I wasn't as confident. And then the two races where I wanted a single, there were just, again, how we talked about, uh, what's it, Jake Rocks or whatever, the eight horse who we just think is too talented for me to take a risk. Um, and then again, for the two horses you mentioned with how you love was it love affair um, or something, some name like that. Sorry, I apologize. But, uh, you know, just scared me off not singling West's horse. But I do love love reigns. Again, I love the versatility. Um, I think that this horse is, again, the clear cut best horse you're going to see that day should win for sure. I just didn't want to take the risk and lose it on my ticket. And then for race two, I didn't I didn't want to be boring. Uh, the favorite is Dreamlike, who uh, is on IRAD and trained by Todd Fletcher. The horse is three to five. I wasn't going to pick a three to five to win. That's just boring. But I went for the exact angle because the horse I have underneath in Mount Craig is a very interesting horse with Luis Saez, uh, six to one on the morning line. So again, that exacta would pay well. And the reason I like this horse is because a lot of these horses, if uh, those who choose to look at race two, are horses that have to go. And the two is one of the only closers and horses that will sit off the pace. The three is the speed of the speed and also the most talented horse by a country mile. Should win easily. But again, I just think all those other horses are going to gas out trying to keep up with the three. I think the two will happily sit off the pace and close in. And again, for six to one, why not take a six to one underneath in your exacta? It should still pay decently. Not the top horse. Not going with the top two. So exacta should pay again. Love, love reigns. Hammer that horse, you guys. And then, yeah, like I said, I've been trying to throw in uh, like I did with the seven Ram and the four uh, area, just some, you know, some underrated double digit horses to look at. And yeah, like I said, with how Miss, me and Mr. C turned out, sometimes they really can pay off. You can yeah. definitely find some value. I mean, absolutely, man. Look, no one's going to, no one's going to fight you anymore after last weekend. So again, thanks for that, Charlie. Hopefully good luck this weekend, but Patrick, your best bets race number seven, a pick three, three ten with two, eight with one and race number eight, the double two, eight, one. So your, I mean, your whole day is centered around me and my sweet affair. There you go. You nailed it. Um, 
Yeah, and full disclosure, I'm, I was a bad student. I didn't send my pick five. I didn't send my race four pick. This is bad. I come back and I'm brutal. <laughs> uh, no, uh, to pick three, pretty much I, I'm running all my stuff into uh, my sweet uh, fair. I'm really big on that horse. I think this that horse has a big shot. Uh, so I'm going to play the pick three, 310, which is um, – that's no more talk and striking speed as well as the two and the eight and the eighth. So that's uh thoughts dollar and Jake rocks. So, you know, two favorites, but also uh, a price in both there. And then it, into uh, my sweet affair, who should be the third choice. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, you know, do a double. Um, hopefully I'm alive with the uh, pick three into the two and the eight. And then I'll be with my sweet affair and, you know, I'll fluctuate depending on love reigns and, you know, who's getting bet and not, but um, that's uh, those are my two best bets of the day. Look, I love it. And like I said, you know, I won the best gambling advice I've ever been given is if it's your best opinion of the week, hit it hard and make sure you cash. Um, I eat a la Matt Miller. So thank. And then look, I love it. And my sweet affair is the best bet. So if she comes through, Definitely, definitely a shot to make a lot of money there. But my best bets are race number six, uh, the double three seven into three. Race six is um, Battle of Normandy with shutters. Battle of Normandy is one I've been fluctuating on. I can go between Battle of Normandy and Al's Rocket. So again, keep an eye on Twitter for my final best bets that I post every single week. But uh, shutters, I think, is the best and most likely winner of that race. Al's Rockets won and the Battle of Normandy, obviously for Shigmiehi is interesting, but a money burner. And then in race number seven, I singled the number three, No More Talk, who again, Grandpa looks to be the best horse in that spot. And then my best win bet is race number nine, a win and number two, Love Appeals, as I talked about for the entire time that we talked about that race. But guys, um, it's been an absolute um pleasure talking about these races with you thank you to all the chat we had an amazing audience for this week um for this week and like i said keep an eye out for next week as i believe again don't quote me but i believe we're going over del mar opening day next for next friday um next wednesday on bed and boozin but one other thing i wanted to uh, replug the power picks one more time for you guys um, this again, we're selling them for every single week for Saratoga for the Saratoga meet every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can buy them individual weekend. If you're a current Power Pick subscriber, you get five dollars off individual weekend, and um, I believe fifteen dollars off the full meet uh, subscription. So, if you're a current Power Pick subscriber, like I said, you get a discount. Please sign up. And then if if you're not already a Power Pick subscriber, no worries, we'll still get you in there. But it will cost it will just be a little bit more expensive. Twenty dollars for individual weekend, but one hundred and forty dollars for a full meet where you get one weekend free. If you want to make if you want a great chance at making any money this meet, I would highly highly suggest the Sarah Tower Power Picks. But guys, um, Howard says and Howard says smash that like button. Thanks for watching, everybody. Flagship show is tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talking Saratoga on Saturday with two graded stakes, including the grade one Diana, or as I called it this morning, uh, the Chad Brown show. But anyway, for my co-host Patrick Kunsel and Charlie Freeman, this has been Kyle Roscoe in episode number 30 of Betting and Boozling here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Good luck, everybody. Hit all your bets, win all your photos. We'll see you next Wednesday night. Good night.